Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. We never left, but <laughs> movies are back. The movies left us. The movies left us for a long time, and but I was went through a movie drought. We came back, guys. It's April 2021. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. And movies are back. Movies are the- back. A lot of theaters are opening up right now. Which this is, is a celebratory big. episode. Yeah, until... Cheers. I mean, maybe... <laughs> <laughs> when I'm dead in like two months... <laughs> When the vaccines end up not working, we're when fucked. They, when everybody finds out that the last movie I saw was like Monster Hunter, <laughs> and then I perished. Oh, what a mortifying moment. Well, for now. For now. Movies are back. Movies are back. and In the theater. Yeah. It, my, my precious Third Street Cinemas is not back yet. Uh, but that's going to be... That's because there's no old movies. Because they right, exactly. <laughs> movies just came back for there's no second run movie our yet. part of the country. We're living in a golden age. Have movie theaters been movies. just open in a, like in like Dakota for the last year? Pro- I, I hope. Is it just been showing like the Crudes? Probably and in Scoob for New the last Ze- year. New Zealand's been getting a lot of movies in the last year. They've been doing okay. You think so? Oh yeah. I honestly have no they've idea. Been, they've been killing it. Really, New On Zealand? The, uh, oh yeah, local fair. Easy when you're an island nation of four million people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, I blew it. I got so excited <laughs> that movies were coming back. We both had, you know, you had your big movie experience because we're going to talk about Nobody, which Guys, is the first movie you've seen in how thir- long? Thirteen months at least. Mar- March twenty twenty. So yeah, here's here's what happened in March twenty twenty. Everything shut down, and uh, the last movie that you and I. We saw together. The last movie that I saw in a theater with you was... We had to have done an episode on it. It was. It was The Invisible Man. Okay. Sure. That was episode 40. <laughs> Four zero. <laughs> We're coming up... What, this is 95? This is 95. 95. <laughs> okay. So it's been a year plus. Wow. Because we've been releasing an episode every week, which congratulations on that, by Oh, the way. man. Look at us. Guys. 95. We've, we've got episodes every week for you. Every week. We're here for you. And, and even, yeah, like I said, we never went away. Okay, so now I'm remembering exactly. when, <laughs> when we saw uh, The Invisible Man. Yep. You almost, we were all you almost got in a fight with that guy. Oh, was that the movie? <laughs> <laughs> you told that guy to shut up. I'm a real movie tough guy. You, be, you got tough <laughs> in uh, late 2019, early 2020. <laughs> Eric started fighting people in theaters. He what was happened? like, I'm done with this. What did I see that finally was just like, you, you know, know what? what? I you don't know, have to deal with You this. know what it was? It huh. was that guy making gurgle noises throughout the entirety of Slumber Party Massacre. And oh, you, and you were it? like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then the, like, the four of us next to you were like, yeah, also, we agree with him. <laughs> and that guy, shut the fuck up. He shut up during all of and then you Massacre And then too. you had the power. You I, could taste it. No, I and was. You started going, telling people to shut the fuck up, left and right. <laughs> I have such a, sh- I have like a short movie fuse now. Well, this it's no. bullshit. It's 
No, no. I'm fair. I'm those, fair. Those I am people, not just those people in, in Invisible Man were like given good reactions and then they started chatting. It went and from fun it was, scared reactions the and then laughing about their scared reactions to outright having a normal so then just vocal start conversation. Yeah, they just started talking. And other people were asking them to be quiet. And then you leaned over the rail and were just like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> I did. I do do that. And you scared that dude in front of us. He was like, <laughs> he, he jumped. He jumped out of his chair. And then he turned around to see what the problem was. And then I just stared him dead ass in the eyes. It was like, sit down. Yeah. And he sat down. It's such a... We had a... It was a good... Good cop, bad cop. It's it was like it was like me being a good cop. Like you don't want this to escalate. My friend over here is loco. So you don't want this to go anywhere. You haven't seen my third my third street in because third street I go alone a lot. And so you, you got to ramp it up then. And you because get, you're dealing with people sleeping in those. You get theaters. weirdos in third street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a cheap entry. Yeah, I mean three seventy five. I hope it. And they leave the back doors open pretty frequently. <laughs> yeah, <there. laughs> right. So you get you, you get, get weirdos get some and some some uh, yeah. some strange types in Third Street, which is you know <laughs> it's a bargain cinema. But so there's a lot of people that I've. I think my first. I don't know what it was. I, if I looked back, if I knew the movie, it's probably something so dumb. But that's a, but, but some guy was just doing full feedback, like he thought he was uh-huh. riffing, and it. And there was like seven of us here. You're not like riffing. It's like 4 p.m. on a Thursday. Not amused. And so finally, it was just coming from somewhere behind me. And I had to stand up and go, who is it? Which one is it? And there was this guy directly behind me. I mean, lied right up with me. And he was just out of seat. And he just does this like. He gave like, the guy he, up. He, he points not the guy me, out brother. immediately. Just nope. Not me. Because I turned up and was he was just right in my sight. I had no idea where oh, the sound man. was coming from. It's one of those older yeah, yeah, theaters. Yeah. The sound carries different. So that after that, I'm just like, I can do this. This is what we've been missing for the last uh-huh. 13 I've just meet, missed getting to- these these potential fights with strangers in a dark room. This is what we've been missing. Going to see like the grudge with like one <laughs> other guy in the corner. And then, uh, and then just like fighting him. That's yeah. like my Bronson movie. Just hating him. I'm not like stopping crime or anything. I'm just yelling at a guy that was talking on his phone. So good. I've witnessed like a couple couples breaking up mid movie, and it, it, and I'll give it like five to, seem, to ten seem minutes. Like you're the problem. Yeah, I, <laughs> you're the connecting tissue here. I just see a lot of movies at Third Street. I'm bound to yeah, come yeah. across some. It happens. Uh, <laughs> some happenings but guys so, luckily we were alone for nobody we were totally today. alone but yeah this is not Empty your cinema. this was my first movie <laughs> yeah. in 13 months and i was like i hope i don't have to fight anyone nay no. i hope eric doesn't and we did doesn't yeah start anything with eric the other guy in start the a war because yeah we know that's gonna lead to bad things uh, if you watch nobody you know yeah don't start shit. It's bad for me to watch a movie like Nobody. <laughs> you get all empowered. Yeah. It's like playing a Grand Theft Auto game and then you're driving down the road and you're just a me- see like a Dude, Humvee. There was like, it's like three, oh my God. three people between Nobody and here that I was like, fuck Fuck yeah. off. Yeah. You better fuck off right now. The the light, the right Not turn happening. arrow had been green for like four seconds. He's like, come on, it's a green light. So I was like, oh, <laughs> we got that nobody endorphins. <laughs> and I've been watching Mad Men, so I'm like telling women to shut up. It's Man, great. It's that great. stupid, it's that <laughs> dumb dude brain that's like me drive, like driving my Honda Civic home after seeing Drive in the movie theater. Exactly. <laughs> 
me me watching that scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood down the strip, and uh. I'm just like weaving down Santa Rosa Avenue, just like this is dumb. I'm loving the movies, but I can't I can't tell you how much I loved the return to fantasy that I got today oh, in yeah. the movie theater. We we that went and saw great. it today. Yeah, great luck that I mean, empty theater. Our and, private well, that's screen. great, but the movie itself is just Movies total fantasy. For all to pick a such first a great, movie back, such a great big screen experience. But not your first. Well, no, I no. also just realized. Okay, for all our lives, we've been getting those. If you see one movie this year, <laughs> this was it, baby. Invisible Man was your one movie. If you knew then, if you were like, "Well, this is it," like Invisible it's going to be a Man, long year. Despite having to stare a dude down, Invisible Man was a pretty good theatrical it was experience. A, it, very good, good movie. But this even, movie was also just very like good. I jumped the gun this time. Remember last time we were talking? Like, I think this is it. Like, I think the theaters oh, yeah. are closing in, like, a couple days. It and was, I, like, mid-March where it was like, yeah, I think they're going to shut everything down this weekend. It sounds like they've already canceled sports, and, uh, yeah, this sounds serious. Stuff was closing. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm probably going to try and come back. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> so I did. I saw yeah, what my you... last movie was The Hunt. Wow. The movie that people almost didn't get to see in theaters yeah, anyways. Yeah, yeah. That was my la- I saw that and it was the 16th. I'd mm. gotten sent home from work the day before. March 16th. I I'd gotten sent home on like the 15th, Monday. And then Tuesday was like everything's definitely closed Wednesday. Yeah. So I was I went That out sounds to about right because I feel like we saw Invisible Man like the 13th and it was like maybe a Thursday. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. it was the end of the previous week and so Getting I went pretty <laughs> I was like I'm going to try and go back in the weeds here. And I did. But there was a uh, for that experience, there was several other people that were clearly like, this was it. Yeah. It was like 15, 30 people in the movie. Not today for nobody, but I yeah. jumped the gun like an idiot and saw one of the worst, most confusing nights of movies ever. I should have just waited a week and yeah. seen nobody. The difference alone. between Eric and me is that I see a lot of movies in the theaters. Eric sees every movie at this point in the theaters. Yeah, it's it's much and, more, and I and I commend you for it because it's not easy. It's <laughs> At not, this point, not it's, always a joyride. When when Third Street's humming, it's much more of a matter of what won't I see exactly in a in a movie. And there are certain things where I can just tell, like Avengers Endgame. It's like, well, I've never seen an Avengers movie. I'm not sitting through the three hour <laughs> Endgame. The one. end of a nine movie. Yeah, I'm not uh, yeah. not gonna pop in on the series now. So some are like that that are big movies that I'm just okay. Right, and then others are just like you know Jennifer Lopez, but she's a CEO. I'm like, well, I'm probably skipping that. Well, I as think well, well, those kind of things. Yeah, even maybe when we talked about Invisible Man, we famously talked about how you talked about seeing the turning. Oh man, and, uh, yeah. And the grudge. If it's remake. a genre movie, I'm guaranteeing seeing it. Yeah, I'm seeing every bad horror movie, every sci-fi movie. I got inspired when. Uh, Bill Lustig, when he was up here for one of his visits. Yes, I know exactly. And we were all going into some, it was at a film festival, and we were going into screening of some cool, much rarer movie. And he, he was passing us. And we're like, oh, well, this is about to start. Where are you going? He's like, I'm going to see Olympus Has Fallen. <laughs> like, what? Yep. There's like four screens showing nothing but specialty festival movies, and he's just going in to see. Wasn't that even after he introduced Venom? Was, yeah. Wasn't he, that he, it? He introduced Venom, which Blue With Underground put out. Klaus Kinski and Oliver and, Reed. Great movie. And Yeah, and uh, he sits there, he's introducing, he's like, all right, you enjoy. I'm going to go see Olympus Has Fallen. <laughs> 
what? But he sees everything. He sees everything. He's made movies. He produces movies. He just wants to soak in movies. And I got this like, yeah. Why wouldn't you, right? Seeing movies in the theater is fun. I've seen so many panned movies that I came away with just like, oh, that was so good. Alita was a pretty mixed reviews movie. Hmm. Came away with that. I was like, God, I'm so glad I saw that in the theater. We loved Gretel and Hansel, which no one else saw. Oh, nobody else saw, see that? That's I don't think so. I don't great. think so. That was probably my favorite movie. That was also year. another early 2020 where like everyone was already kind of like, there's something going down. Something here. happening. Yeah. Right. But but I yeah, I saw The Turning. I saw The Grudge reboot. God bless you. You know, I'll, God bless you. I saw La Llorona. <laughs> but I rarely walk out of movies. I, I Unless it's some weird thing where I'm at the bargain theater and I'm seeing a movie and I got 30 minutes to kill before the next one that I'm sneaking into. Then I'll pop in for 20 minutes of mm. you know Aquaman. Exactly. And then a different 20 minutes of Aquaman later, and right. I jump around. You like might that. do some hopping. I do some hopping, but I don't but it's rare that out. You, it's rare that you buy a ticket for a movie and then walk out of that movie. Yeah, yeah. and the first movie back, uh, the week they opened, I walked out of the movie that I bought tickets for 20 minutes into the movie. It was so bad. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. I... I've never walked out of a movie 20 minutes in and the 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 anger that was built I was getting so mad and so annoyed it was this real visceral unexpected reaction it was like my body was really kicking back because I was so excited to be back going to I went down to Roner Park Cinemas Stop right. the Krispy Kreme. That was the first one to open yeah. up. Got my here. Krispy Kreme beforehand. The Ooh. Vax, uh, Vax oh, sure. Krispy Kreme. <laughs> it worked. Took it to the movies. It worked on you. You're so like, I'm I, getting the vaccine specifically for the donut. Right. Yeah. <laughs> God bless anybody that does. Good. Hey. But so stuff like Godzilla and Kong was there and nobody was going to be playing. But it's like, no, no, I got to. I'm going to see those with the. With, with my boys. Mm-hmm. Got to see it with Charlie. So what else is playing? What else we got here? And I chose Chaos Walking. It's mm. like a new post-apocalyptic kind of sci-fi fantasy. It's like, all right, the reviews are bad, but I've seen plenty of movies with bad reviews that I ended up really... The Hell, sure. The Hellboy reboot. Reviews are never a... Yeah. a I see enough movies. I see all this stuff now that I really have a good gauge of like, uh, I always am a higher vote on this kind of a movie than critics. I'm a lower vote. on. So I got my, so I fully went in expecting to like this. I was very excited. I was pumped for a night of movies because I had another one I was planning on sneaking into after. Exactly. You would double it. And uh, I ended up seeing the stupidest triple feature possible. The (laughs) stupidest thing. So Chaos Walking was so bad. Do you know anything about this movie? Do you know anything? I did not know anything about it other than it had Daisy Ridley and Mads Mikkelsen. I knew nothing else about. Well, the I knew it had not Tom, even the plot. I knew it had Tom Hiddleston who plays Spider Man currently. Sure, as well as Spider-Man as well as those watch. other actors. Yeah, and, and I, I. But the thing I did know, or that I heard about about this time last year, I would say, yeah, is that this movie has sat on shelves for like three years. <laughs> See, I did not and that, know that. And, that, and uh, they were like, okay, now that the pandemic's on and uh, no one's going to theaters, we'll release it now. Mm-hmm. And I heard it was bad. <laughs> I heard it was bad. And I heard it. So basically the chaos that they're referring to is you're either on a planet or maybe something has happened to the current planet we're on where mm-hmm. everyone can see and or hear your thoughts. Yeah, man. And it's which is it's the ultimate nightmare for anyone. It is a dumb future. Yeah. So let me say, 
Was this based on a comic book or something? Maybe. We think Again, so. Again, I, I, probably, because it would work better on the page. Sounds but... like a story that would work well in prose and or, yeah, a, a graphic novel, mm-hmm. if you could hear from someone's internal perspective. But Let me tell you what didn't work in theatrical execution. Talk, well, Chaos we Walking Man. I've I've never had such an twenty minutes. That's 20 early minutes too. In. Yeah, that's 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 like early not in. that's yeah. that's uh what that's barely twice as much time as the trailers. Exactly. The trailers were like ten yeah, minutes really. long, and so within five minutes of this, I was already having. Sometimes I get a bad sinking feeling where mm. I know like if the tone of this doesn't change, I am not going to enjoy this. The last time that happened was Jojo Rabbit, mm. where I was outright disliking it five like i saw the sense of humor that it was and i didn't like it and the rest of the theater was howling so already it was like oh shit right like now i'm the grump and everybody (laughs) else is having the time of their lives and going oh at the tender moments and i got my arms folded like oh boy (laughs) like and i so oh i hate that sinking feeling but i never got pushed to the point in jojo rabbit where i was like we're out of here like mm-hmm. this is not it. Ten minutes in, tops in chaos walking. I was just shifting in my seat. So you can hear people's thoughts. Okay. Everybody can hear everybody's thoughts at every time, constantly. That's great. On the screen. sounds great. And so the whole that's what I want to hear. Movie is filmed with filled with people talking, and then their voices also talking other stuff. But the movie's PG-13, and the movie doesn't have a good grasp of what actually goes on in someone's head because they have to provide narrative dialogue. Because if you just looked a glimpse in my head, it would be me, like, singing the same bars of, like, across a hundred and ten street. <laughs> and then just thinking yeah, of, maybe. like, remembering old Giants corner outfielders. Just thinking, <laughs> you know, and so it'd just be the dumbest, just the worst trivia going. Yeah, your just mind. like me thinking about dumb stuff and remembering it. lyrics and thinking movies. But in this movie, it has to provide all the narrative stuff, and so it has stuff saying thoughts that. Oh, my favorite! Once I knew I was out on this movie. Daisy Ridley is a a woman like piloting a ship, because that's new. That's a, I was like happy uh-huh. to see Daisy Ridley doing something I'd never seen her before. So I saw her piloting a starship. Who is the Daisy Ridley? I she don't... was like in the the big The Force Awakens. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Da- uh, I oh wow. The and yeah. then she goes, "I'm gonna. I'm the one thing I'm gonna uh, sign on for yeah. outside of the Star Wars franchise is gonna be chaos walking. Chaos walking is a Man. big. Uh, that was the big jump. Well, the guy that did chaos walking is cool. Okay. I looked it up. Later, and he has seen he's done a lot of movies that I really like for many years, wow. dating back to the 90s. He did the movie Go. Oh, okay, the great movie Go and huh. and uh, Swingers. Okay, the last one he did that I Wait, also John Favreau or the John guy Favreau directed wrote it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. It's it, I always think Favreau. Sure. Directed <laughs> I'm like, it too. Wait, John Favreau did Chaos Walking. He did Born Identity. Getting fucked up here. Born Identity. The first Born Identity was cool. So. If the guy that does the Born Identity has a movie that sits on shelves for three years, but his last movie was good. It's not like he was a guy whose last cool movie was twenty years ago. He, you know that movie American Made, Tom Cruise as a drug runner. I remember pilot. hearing about it. Didn't really get much. It was Tom Cruise or Tig Notaro. I don't know, <laughs> but I enjoyed the movie. Tig a lot. Cruise and so <laughs> Tig Cruise, and so I was like, all right, this guy. You know, oh my god. So the people thoughts in this movie every 
interaction was filled with somebody going, after somebody read their thoughts that they just had about them. And it was the whole movie dialogue was like, I'm not scared of you. And then it's like, I'm scared of this guy. And then the guy's face goes like, so was it literally like a thought bubble would appear above their heads? No, it wasn't graphic novel style. It was just this kind of blobby swirl of cosmic blue and purple noise. Everybody talked. So, so, but it was kind of like a thought bubble. Yeah, but it wasn't like an out. You couldn't read the or, yeah, thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The words weren't there. It was just their voices going. So there'd be a guy being like, I'm, I'm tougher than you think I am. And then I'm they, not and they- tough at all. <laughs> yeah, right afterwards. And then the other guy does a face just like, really? Like, we can all hear each other. So, like, so nobody, everybody's weirdly putting up a So poker. no one's adjusted no, yeah. to the new no. reality of, I can hear your thoughts. Oh, here's the one adjustment. The one thing they figured it out, which is such a, this didn't speed up my, my exit of the theater <laughs> at all. The main character, Tom Holland, uh, his name, <laughs> I forget what his name is. He has like a dub, not like a future name. His name's like Todd or, Tyl- <laughs> or Tyler. I'm Todd. I think it's Todd. And to when you don't want somebody to read your thoughts, his thoughts then, which we all hear, just become, my name is Todd. My name is Todd. <laughs> my name is Todd. By the sixth, like, my name is Todd exchange. So it's like, no. No. Doug Lyman is the director, yeah. Doug Lyman, yeah. Oh, my God. Everybody's thoughts in this are so bad. My favorite one. My favorite one. So Daisy Ridley's plane is, or her ship is crashing. And everybody's like, so this is a foreign planet. I guess so. I don't okay. know. It's a really boring Hard looking to say. planet. It's really drab. You didn't get that far. It is a bad looking future world. It wasn't like Planet of the Apes where like the Statue of Liberty is in the back. I mean, I stayed there 20 minutes. <laughs> exactly. So there's a lot that could have happened for the rest of the two hours. <laughs> um, so the plane is crashing and they're all like, buckle in, you know, we're going down. And then it cuts to one crew member and the guy's like, in his thoughts, he goes, I'm so scared right now. It's like, nope. If everybody's in a dying situation, if I'm in a plane that's going down, my thoughts would just be like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. It would just be swears and mixed words and just like guilt. Right. Yeah, you know all those times where you've been in a weird situation where you just think to yourself, I'm scared. I'm scared right now. My emotional state is X. Yeah. That's that's the classic way a human talks to itself. The only the only time I actually thought that was when we saw us together, and there was one time I leaned over and I was like, "I'm so scared you did, right you now." Did, you did. Do that. I was so scared during when they were all waiting outside the house. I'd been holding my popcorn for like 20 minutes and I hadn't eaten it, and finally I, I just like leaned in and I had. To Eric just was tell eating his knees. He oh, was so man. scared. I was so scared. <laughs> So that time I did think of it, but in a plane crash, right? Oh man, I would be thinking anything but just like I'm so scared right now. Well, the other movie I remember you talking about walking out on was Motherless Brooklyn. Yeah, where it was a guy just just randomly random talking. constantly. I put that together so it's afterwards. Like, it's like Eric doesn't like movies where dialogue is just unnecessary, and and also that's not the medium. No. Film is not the medium mm. for the I'm ta- I'm Todd I'm Todd I'm Todd. <laughs> bad make it visual it was bad make it like how does how does the visual component not just be visual yeah it could have done was it so there was auditory stuff coming from the bubble no i mean i guess it sounds from the bubble but it's not like there were words written on the screen or anything but you could hear a guy's thoughts yeah it looked like some instead of just code pattern and it was so dumb so guys don't 
don't go see it. And so 20 minutes in, I was like, no, I'm getting a refund. Like, I'm not like I was so excited to go back. And then I was so I was upset. Like, I had to go walk around the theater. Oh, I can't imagine to just burn it off a bit. And You're so facing I, certain death in going back to this theater. Yeah. You choose. And I choose this. To see. Chaos The walk. Tom Holland. I'm so scared right now. Three years. Three years thought, in the making. Inner monologue movie. Yeah. And so I was already Yikes. like 10 minutes in. I was got on my phone. And I was like, what else is starting? Like, what, what else what can else I just go got? right into? And uh, that movie was Monster Hunter. Which would have been one of the worst movies no. I've seen in the last two years Man. had it not been preceded by the worst movie I'd seen in the last two it's years. It's so crazy because I've never heard of Monster Hunter. <laughs> like, I I think I keep up on movie news, but that's a new one. You thought you kept up on movie news, and that's then a I'm new the one. idiot that's seeing a, That's the... <laughs> a new one. Monster Hunter. Like, that's a real movie that came out in movie. 2021, huh? It's a Jovovich and Anderson joint. Right. It's... Paul W. S. Anderson, mm-hmm. yes, the the iconic God. director of the Resident Evil movies, yeah, and his wife Mia Jovovich. God bless these couples bless that just them. team up for absolute trash. Like I'm glad it it's got the action equivalent of Sandler. Doing it got his mocked at the t- right. It, it got group. really made fun of at the time, but looking back, I'm really happy we got the couple movie Gina Davis. Rennie Harlan, <laughs> sure. like Lawn Kiss Goodnight and Cutthroat Island. Total bomb. Sure. But like, man, they that's gave cool. It, they, they had some fun. Yeah, that that's fun. There's there's something to be said and about then, you having know, fun. The uh, Cohen and uh, McDormand. Sure. Very fruitful relationship. Burton and Bonham Carter almost, almost got that ball rolling. I actually like the first Resident Evil movie. I mean, if we're telling truths. I've never seen a Resident I Evil. I remember going to see that first one. In opening night with all my friends and everyone hated it and i was like pretty good pretty cool guys pretty fun <laughs> like what do you want like dude gets sliced up by lasers there's some zombies what like what are you expecting yeah man so i went into it i liked it i felt going into monster hunter <laughs> lost a lot of friends that day and I, I had to... <laughs> that's why you're here right now uh, i'm the, the last man i'm the standing. lone survivor <laughs> So I imagine going into me going into Monster Hunter is like somebody going into a Neeson movie now or a Jason Statham movie. Mm-hmm. I've been off the map of Jovovich's last uh, 20 years. I know it's there and I know there are movies well, a lot. It's been seven versions of Resident Evil. Yeah. That's been it. Basically. I do not see those movies really. Yeah. yeah. And so... She's I stopped after four. <laughs> <laughs> She's someone that man. I remember, my was she in like a Joan of Arc movie in the nineties. Uh, I, I see. I have yeah, this hazy yeah, 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 memory. Yeah. Hazy memory of my buddy James going to see this and then becoming like the Joan of Arc expert because he saw the Mia, the girl from the Fifth Element in a Joan of Arc movie. I want to say that might have been the same guy who did the Fifth Element. Okay. Um. Well. So I've been knows? I've been outside of her realm for a while. Mm-hmm. So this is me just coming back into their partnership. You know, imagine being away from Liam Neeson. I'm trying to since... imagine going back to theaters after 13 months and going, <laughs> "Give me the Yovovich 
and the Tom Holland sitting on the shelf for three years movie. I didn't know it was sitting on the shelf for three years. Try to imagine. You, you look know, at the you know direct, what I need. That director had recent success. If I had looked up Monster Hunter far enough to realize it was a Paul W S Anderson. Oh, I I would have totally gone. I'd have been like, yes, I actually want to, but because Paul W S Anderson and Monster Hunter sounds like a winning combination, actually. Like it sounded. How do you fuck that up? Paper. It you... was. Um, it's also got Tony Jaa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not played a Mon- Monster Hunter is a video game. I have oh, not okay. played any of the Monster Hunter games, but it's very similar. Yeah. It seems very similar, like Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, I don't stuff even know like if that. I know that title. Um, and but pretty early in the movie, you realize it's gonna it's gonna suck. Mm. The CGI kind of sucks. The weight of everything's wrong. In the first minute, Ron uh, Perlman's in it. As like a Viking Whoa. Norse guy piloting a, a ship on sand. Holy shit. So already it's like, I don't know the world of Monster Hunter at all. <laughs> and it's cool for 20 minutes or so until you realize like Monster Hunter kind of sucks. The monsters don't take damage easily. And it's <laughs> one of those movies where Mia Jovovich and Tony Jaa are constantly in fist fight battles. Mm-hmm. And n- neither of them have any kind of damage being done to them so it's like two hours of just consequences free punching and stuff which is kind of cool there's a big planet of the spiders escape scene but it's not as cool as the same thing that was just done in mandalorian Hmm. you know it just doesn't look as good i don't know So, so all of a sudden you're like, I waited a year and a half for this. Well, so it keeps getting like I was I wasn't angry at it like I was Chaos Walking, where I had to like burn off energy by punching a brick wall or something. <laughs> 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 Just go nobody uh, on this ripped thing. a ripped the hand blower in the bathroom off the wall. Right, no. sure, sure. Uh, As but you do. Ron Perlman basically gets zapped to another dimension three minutes into the movie. And then returns like 90 minutes into the movie. He's wearing this bad blonde wig. And uh, then the movie out of nowhere introduces us to an animated man cat. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I don't know this series at all. That doesn't. I'm sorry. It was like. I'm going to stop you right there. It was like MC Scat shows up in the movie. There's been no kind of animated creature in the movie. And then this, like, Pixar cartoon cat comes into the movie. Holy shit, MC Scat Cat shows up? Well, so... Is he flirty? So, is he a flirty cat? Ron, so Ron Perlman's Please pirate tell ship me he's flirty uh, with the comes real back humans. through a time rip. Of course. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know the series. And so on the ship, you know in old westerns, the character of the, the cook in the cattle roundup gang. The, sure. You know, there'd always be a cook, and he'd sure. always be like a schlubby. Cookie. Yeah, from cookie some cook, city slickers. Right? Yeah. He'd always be a grizzly dropping his cigarette butt in the, the stew, and, you know, the sloppy guy God just along him. for the, the cattle roundup. That's the cat. The man cat in the movie is like the ship cook. And so he's like just a man, and uh, he has like a human torso with like, with like abs. And the movie, sh- <laughs> and the movie really shows the the cat's abs as he's like chopping veggies. What? And already, I'm just like, what happened? <laughs> what happened in Monster Hunter? And the cat doesn't just, sound right. The cat's suddenly just walking around on back legs, having like growly interactions with people, and it's like, oh, this is our. And Ron- there's some jokes like, like have you ever seen cat? a cat before? 
<laughs> it's just a man cat walking around in the movie, but he's animated. It's it's like CGI, like a cat guy walking into the film. I feel like I'm hearing the, the words you're saying, but it's not sticking. <laughs> None of it made sense. So there was nobody else in this theater, right? I, got, I would hope not. Nobody else is in Jesus there. Jesus Christ. And the man cat shows up and out People loud. People should I'm just, be protesting this yeah. thing like they did with the Scarlett Johansson casting in Ghost in the oh, Shell. Out just, loud, I'm just like, what stop. is happening? Like, what am I this doing This is what wrong? you waited for. This is it. This is it. This is cinema, baby. Oh, And so oh I leave God. before Monster so Hunter sorry. finishes. So because sorry. To cap my trio, and I'm willing to wager that I'm the only man to have seen this combination of movies, went to Minari. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> just, just, she's so stupid. Chaos Walking Monster Hunter. <laughs> and then the new uplifting family drama about a family of Korean immigrants who moved to Alabama so in the stupid. early 1980s <laughs> with the dreams of starting their own farm. And uh, and it was pretty good. <laughs> I don't. I almost want to stop. I. <laughs> it was pretty good. I uh, I was like kind of sitting there, still kind of in like an angry like <laughs> like. You've had failed cloud. experiences with two other movies, and you're like, if these Minari, if this prestige <laughs> Oscar me. drama screws me the way Green Book and Jojo Rabbit did, exactly. I don't know how I'm going to feel. I don't know how I would have handled a green book. Minari's got a lot of work to do in this scenario. <laughs> Minari had a heavy boulder beyond, to shove Beyond up a being hill. a genre-defined, you know, uh, Academy Award history-making film that actually has Korean actors I nominated for awards it now. it was a Crazy Rich Asian sequel. <laughs> and it was, was very different. These Asians were, These were less crazy pretty rich. sensible and just had a attainable but difficult dream it was the prequel yeah we started from got, a simple farm yeah they in started up in the farm and you know it was nice it was nice it's hard to be mad after watching it. i've heard it's great i've heard that's it, actually it was a hard film. to be mad but even then walking out of the theater it was like what am i doing what am i doing what did i do what what it i like I'm you could, you, you're like, I could have been at a soup kitchen these last four hours. I was <laughs> in that moment was the only time of the pandemic that I felt like somebody who went to Smash Mouth at Sturgis. And I was like, Smash Mouth's going to be it. How about, how about somebody who went to Smash Mouth at Bottle Rock in 2018? <laughs> yeah. Not during, nobody's risking life to, to see Smash Mouth though, you know? Like, did I really need to see Stained? Right. Uh, yeah, you're like if I develop a cough after tonight, that's it. Yeah. No. Uh. Well. And so you uh, had the patience <sighs> of a saint, and so we went today and saw a little bit better. Welcome back to Man. the movies. And I don't know how after seeing. I gotta say, your horror story aside, I couldn't have thought you, of a better welcome I back know. to the movies than nobody. Today was a magical day for me. Yeah, I had I, I had the I had total palpitate like. Anxiety. You were your heart was beating fast today. Well, we had a four. We had a four ten showing. Mm -hmm. You were like, no one else has bought tickets, and it's socially distanced, and everything's going right, right? And I still was like, yeah, on driving over to the theater, I was (laughs) like, here we go, man. I'm like getting back into the lion's den. I walked to the theater. I had like I was so hyped to see this. I I was like a three mile walk. I'm just like I'm just gonna burn off some of this uh, this energy on a nice day. You know, I was so excited. 
to see be seeing this movie with and you from the opening credits. This movie, so I was good. like, I'm so into this thing. I don't know what it's gonna take in 2021 for me to like a movie more than I liked Nobody. Just a whip crack of difference between the movie that I've hated more than any movie I've seen (laughs) over the last decade. Uh, Motherless Brooklyn, I made it an hour. Okay. That was, uh, that was like half the movie before I had to tap out on, on uh, Tourette's Edward Norton Jr. Filling the screen with his uh, dialogue and swears. So bad. 20 minutes of chaos walking. Nobody's one of those movies. I'm going to see this movie. Again in the theater. This and was I'm going to see it again in the theater. This was a perfect. This was a perfect in the theater fantasy escapist, overblown action thriller. Just turn every, back now. Everything, everything that is like not like in vogue right now. Yeah, amped up to a hundred, and we get to watch it on the big screen with the sound alone. Loud ass beautiful. Theater. Turn yep. around now if you haven't seen it. There's hardly anything oh, yeah. playing at the theaters. Good this call. is the best choice I can, of what's there. I can the only recommend you go see this movie right now in the yeah. theater. We Make went, this your first back. We didn't know sure. anything about it. I knew Bob Odenkirk was in it, and I've avoided everything else. I only saw the poster, which was him getting punched in every direction like Bruce Campbell in Army of Darkness. Sure. But but yeah. That could have been like a comedic thing. And like Bob this guy's just getting beat yeah. up by life. I I knew somebody on Twitter that I'm friends with a month ago wrote, getting really excited for the Bob Odenkirk action movie. Mm-hmm. That was the first I had heard of it. The words Bob Odenkirk action movie was all I needed. I didn't know anything about it. Didn't know who was making it. Yeah, I just yeah. said, yes, that is going to be a thing I want to see. Well, Bob Odenkirk has been a name that is a, an immediate yes for me. And I'm not going to pretend I saw Mr. Show in the 90s. I was a child. But for the last 18 years or so, Bob Odenkirk has been an immediate yes. I on all fronts. I had Mr. Show episodes taped on the VHS. Yeah. That my fr- I did not have HBO. I gave my friend Brandon VHS tapes to tape Mr. Show. There you go. So I could see it. I was a huge Mr. Show fan and pretty much followed Bob Odenkirk Around. And it's funny because afterwards I looked, at, I watched a trailer for this movie. And in the trailer it says like, Emmy Award winning Bob Odenkirk. But it's like, the guy won an Emmy for writing on Saturday Night Live 30 years ago. Mm. It's not like any of his amazing last decade of work has won Emmys yet. Saul Goodman hasn't won an Emmy, which is crazy. Right. But Bob Odenkirk, to see how great he was on Mr. Show and even... Uh, the Ben Stiller show. Well, and then everything that. from but then on. He was in danger for all the 2000s of being just a guy that shows up as a doctor in an episode of mm-hmm. a sitcom. It's not like he was doing big movies or doing sketch comedy. He was writing for Tim and Eric. Well, sure. He was writing for Tom and Tom Goes to the Mayor and stuff like that. And right. So he was kind of focusing more on honing, uh, developing comedy groups. He worked with this other group, the Birthday Boys. But most of the 2010s was him kind of working behind the scenes. He's a in producer. Sketch comedy. Yeah, and he's that a guy kind of that thing. produces comedy. And, and then and 2010s hit. It's like he got a recurring character on How I Met Your Mother, and then parlayed that into. Oh, was he on that? Uh huh. So I knew him for, obviously from Breaking Breaking Bad, sure. like everyone but else. But what a. This is kind of one of the things I love most about acting is these kind of roles that guys fall into mm-hmm. completely later in their career. 
know, picture if Steve Martin's career went differently. And Steve Martin was a comedian who had more of a Bob Odenkirk thing. A couple of cult popular shows, wrote some other popular stuff that people liked, and then suddenly in his, you know, 50s, when the last grays had gone white, suddenly he gets cool roles. I mean, does that not define Breaking Bad? Like, Brian Cranston, comedy dad who gets this new role, you've got... Yeah, Odenkirk does this, but also just it's Jonathan Banks gets this yeah. choice. Jonathan Banks great hadn't been like in this great role career. since Wise Guy, yeah, not, you know, not 30 at the years. End, but yeah, yeah. Well, it's a Forrester 30 thing. Years it's in. Forrester and Jackie Brown, where it was end of career for certain roles. Right. And suddenly you get the best work of your life in like your old age. Just someone can see you in that mm-hmm. position. I mean, yeah. when we've looked at stuff from Robert Forrester's 90s, Right up until Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that schedule changes <laughs> big from 98 to the end of his career. I don't know. I think his work in Uncle Sam led directly to his Jackie Brown <laughs> role. I think Quentin Tarantino saw his, his uh, yeah, politician. One Uncle of my Sam. favorite errors of Forster is right after he gets the Jackie Brown nomination, but he had already <laughs> been on the contract for other way below pay grade kind of movies. So then you have post Jackie Brown releases like night vision <laughs> you know like these direct-to-video it's stuff worst. it's i love when a so when an actor gets to that level of being down long enough that an oscar is like well i still gotta do these other bad commitments like mm-hmm. gotta imagine virginia madsen was locked into some some bunk before getting a sideways nomination you know right and i love that but someone getting this character of saul oh yeah is insane because yeah, yeah i watch i actually i'm Full confession, haven't watched the Saul series itself. Ooh, I watched so him good. I watched him in Breaking Bad, and then what happened to me was the last season of Breaking Bad was way too depressing. <laughs> I remember I, that for you. It was too harsh. Yeah. And I couldn't keep and then it was like, Well, this new show, Saul, sounds like it's even more depressing. <laughs> I was like, I can't do that. I can't do it. I can't do that. I don't now think I it, think Saul will be the show I go gonna, to. Yeah. I, I think that's the after, next one on my after list. Mad Man, go, it's so good, and but, it's such this incredible. But the character, even on Breaking Bad, was amazing oh, and just yeah. revolutionary. And to for an actor or a, a person like Bob Odenkirk to take himself from this kooky kind of almost yeah. UCB kind of sure like alt comedy role, it's Jordan Peele. It's going. Oh, by the way, I can do this thing. And everyone goes, oh, yes, you can. Yeah. Oh, we absolutely understand you can. And here's $100 million. But it's great. I, I, one of my favorite that. kinds of actor is a guy who gets the role of his life after his 50s. It's totally. so unpredictable. It's so cool. You know, and he, I don't think, got Saul Goodman until he's Because he's almost 60 now. He might be in his early 60s. Looks great. Because he's uh, hitting the weights for nobody. He's which was killing it. Again, a movie... I knew nothing about, and I'm so happy I did. Not he's, know a thing. I think he's about to turn 60 because wow. he was born in 62. So. Good for him. Yeah. This movie gets a couple of cool surprises out of the way in the opening credits because we oh, get yeah. Michael Ironside build towards the top. Mm-hmm. Not a name a name I love, but not a name I'm going to cinemas expecting to see in the top I haven't five seen him build. in 10. Well, I saw him in Turbo Kid. Which was maybe six, seven that years ago That should have played theaters. Man, that was a good movie. That should have played. But that but was yeah, probably that was the last, last time I saw him. He's shown up in episodes of TV, mm-hmm. like even sitcoms, dramas, stuff like that. Oh, Michael Ironside's an episode of Community. 
That's weird. <laughs> right. You know, right, that kind sure. of thing. Um, but seeing him in the credits, when we saw it, I let out like a, ooh. Like yeah. a, and I heard you do a surprise like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, we both did that. <laughs> okay. Well, it goes, it's like, yeah. Odenkirk, a couple of Russian names you've never heard of. <laughs> and then like Riza. Like, yeah. Okay. Riza. Hmm. That's cool. Michael Ironside. And then Christopher Lloyd. And Christopher Lloyd. And Christopher Lloyd. Michael, All I love that little one-two unexpected yeah. punch of like, oh, my Ironside? What? Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd's like early 80s. He's so old. He's, he's I, an old man. I now. love when you find out a bunch of old dudes are in some crazy action movie like this. Always going to see it. Yeah. Love old 100%. dudes. Love new old dude roles. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd's done a lot of voice acting stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm not see- I think he had like a cameo in one of those, you know, some one of those new like Back to the Future movies, but not Back to the Future kind of movie, not Cowboys and Aliens, but He was born in 38. Wow. I don't Dang. even want to do the math there. Yeah, he's in his that's, early 80s then. That's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of like that cool thing with seeing uh, Eastwood in a movie, other than the the racist bits he gets to put in, <laughs> is uh, just, I like seeing old guys moving mm-hmm. on the screen. Love seeing the active old guys coming out. It's so cool which actors make the transition to playing old guy. Well, and especially with Christopher Lloyd, it's like, man, he just, he reminds, he reminded me of my grandpa because ears have gotten so big, <laughs> you know, and like, he's just, he's kind of shrunken in most of his features otherwise, yeah. and he's balding. It's but the same then, one. man, when he gets to have some fun in this movie, it's those Doc Brown eyes. Uh-huh. He's still got the fucking glare. Like he is, he's sharp still. It's that it was same so great little, to like, see that. Uncle Fester, uh, mischievous kind of grin man, that he gets to flash a couple times. He still had it. He's so good. Still got it, Christopher Lloyd. I'm so happy to report that. How cool is it to just get a nice, fun role in your early 80s? That's so good. An action role like this. And he he kicks a mess. So I figured there was going to be some action, this being the Bob Odenkirk action movie. Right. I didn't know what kind of action we were going to get. The only thing I knew was Odenkirk and the poster where he's getting punched. So clearly it's a guy getting beat up. For all I knew, it was going to be... Some kind of Steve Carell comedy where he gets on the wrong side of a local gangster oh accidentally. I I didn't Dude, know. I totally thought it was going to be the same thing where it was going to be like an action comedy, the yeah. way that Steve Carell's done Date like a, Night, like a Kevin Hart movie or, or something like that. Yeah, it was going to be like, oh, Bob Odenkirk suddenly slipped on the wrong banana peel and has to fight his way out of a thing. There's been so much of that lately with like Kumail Nanjiani. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that shitty Camille Batista movie in the theater. I theaters. saw Stuber. I saw that. Not in theaters. I saw that at Third Street at home. But I was just and the other one with him and the and the girl that was like the same thing. It was yeah, basically I, date night with Kumail. I that's what I thought was maybe. fully expecting some scene with Bob Odenkirk yelling out of a car like I took the wrong briefcase, <laughs> right? And just being like, Ugh, God. Was right. not expecting the movie. It's we- my daughter's graduation. Yeah. <laughs> and him just, yeah, sh- as he's shooting people. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I was really hoping this movie did not do before we get into it was I was hoping that this dude's name was not going to be like Paul Nobody. I was oh. like, please don't make the character's <laughs> name Nobody. Because I was like, I was just waiting for that to happen. Uh-huh. Who am I? Nobody. Paul Nobody. <laughs> it's a family yeah. name. Like you said, you ba, said ba, ba, ba. you you put it together with the Army of Darkness kind of poster. Right. This could have I'm easily been a Bruce Campbell kind of exactly. delivery. 
I'm waiting for all the bad jokes. I'm waiting for all the puns. And we don't really get it. No. We actually get an actual action movie Mm -hmm. written by the guy who's done John Wick, directed by the guy who did Hardcore Henry, if you ever saw that. No, I did not. Interesting first-person action movie. I I don't love that when it's used as a gimmick and other stuff, but after seeing this, it I'm going to see it. It's I worth need to see what minutes. else this it's guy's It's worth done. 20 minutes. Yeah. But yeah, this movie actually is a legit action, mm-hmm. full out, no stuber jokes, no bullshit. We get some laughs, action. but it's a long way into the movie before we get an actual outright, okay, they're writing a joke. Right. There's a couple of like, huh. Kind of well, you get laughs situation. You get and, laughs more from just like the relief of like s- the violence has stopped. Oh man! Because this is once, this, once the violence keeps kicking up in this violence. movie. This is hard R yeah. violence. Yeah. in This movie, I loved it, and it was great. I loved it. <laughs> it's not often that you get this total wild, and it's very much like the John Wick movies in that sense. But it actually seemed I I liked it more than the John Wick because it was more the everyman. Well, it's angle, so good. Rather than the, you know, I didn't know that I assassin. wanted. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty skilled <clears throat> well, assassin. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not it's not Keanu Reeves with the slick back hair and the suit. Bob Odenkirk's not doing already like motorcycle badass. driving tricks. Yeah, exactly. To peel well, out in a slick one eighty. The movie starts with a very much like falling down feeling. Very much, yeah. Right. It it's was a good comp. It was so the opening montage is like this, like Monday, Tuesday, you know, showing the drudgery of his life. Uh, that's what, it. Could have gone right. like an office space thing. It's like him stuck in traffic, every you know that kind of that's stuff. That's what it was. The bus, it was like the, the pouring his big cup of coffee. Everything's adding up, mm-hmm. and to the point where he's like frustrated. Right. And so you think you're gonna get this? Every man fed up with the regular world takes it out on people, yeah. and especially when. So, again, spoilers throughout, especially early in the movie when people break into his house yeah. to rob him. And he, you think you're about to get the unleashed beast. Yes. And he stops himself and he He has the lets drop the robbers on these get away Or yeah. these uh, robbers. Yeah, he, he lets these people get away. But at the same time, you're also noticing that this character is seeing things that normal people wouldn't see. So you're getting these hints of there's something more under we're, the we're surface. S- we're seeing this guy's kind of day-to-day drudgery. Yeah. And we're getting into him uh, and how unhappy he is in his suburban life. And at this point, I was starting to get the f- feeling, okay, we're not getting a Steve Carell awful comedy. We're exactly. G- but we could still get a dark that. comedy. And we do kind of, but uh, they don't shy away from the grittiness. They don't laugh at... The, uh, the violence mm-hmm. in an important way. And so then I knew in my head, okay, it's either going to be an average man pushed past the brink, like a new Neeson or an old Bronson, or it's going to be uh, this guy's an assassin in hiding, mm-hmm. hiding in oh, suburbia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew it was one of those things. And I didn't know which one. If it was going to be, this guy has no skills, but he's so uh, embarrassed for not sticking up for his family that he's going to go... Mm-hmm. kill some punks well and, and uh the, i feel like there's been a few movies lately where it's been like a veteran and they make a mention early how he's sure. a veteran and you don't necessarily have to be james born 
Jason Bourne. Jason, James Bond. James Bourne. <laughs> I got a great idea for a spy thriller. 0017. James Bourne. James Bourne. <laughs> mm, drop the D. But if you're a veteran, you've got some skills and you can take out some punks and stuff. Yeah, there's still... In, there's it's 2021 and we're still like in this era where we can paint a Vietnam vet as having <laughs> these crazed assassin skills. Yeah. Just because the guy saw some shit in Punyang, he's just like, yeah, I know how to take out a room full of 30 to 80 men. Right. Like, man, I don't know what training they went through. So you get little hints of that. Yeah, you get you get all these hints. And What did you think was going to happen when the robbers broke in? Did you think that was going to be him splattering a guy against the wall or... Where were you thinking it was yeah, going? Yeah, honestly, yeah. I was thinking he w- this was going to be him getting a bloodlust. They deliberately set it up where you think he's about to knock out the robber from behind, and mm-hmm. he doesn't, and that was surprising. And uh, yeah, I well, again, I just I guess I kept expecting. the The funny thing about this movie is that no, like he could have like none of this had to happen, right? And it wasn't, and it's not one of these stories like John Wick where someone kills his dog and he has to go on and it's vengeance. Right. These two. We've done dog vengeance a few times. We did in a valley of violence. Exactly. The, these two random robbers uh, pick his house. They steal a couple of bucks. They get away. He eventually goes after them because he thinks they've stolen his daughter's like kitty cat bracelet. Yeah. That's very, the, very like, very like. Uh, okay, not looking, real, looking. Not, well, the movie's very good. Not his, very convincing. His son's ashamed of him because his because well, whole his son family, had right. one of the robber got the drop on one of the robbers, and then he's saw his dad opt to not take the drop on yeah, yeah, the yeah. female robber, and uh, so the son doesn't respect him. The wife, they've had a cold marriage for a few years, and his little girl is the only one who still mm-hmm. views him as daddy it's actually kind of surprising to me how long the movie set that up because mm-hmm. it felt like a good 20 minutes of like the family dynamic that's well, important and, to and see these robbers uh, coming it in. lulls you into what you think the movie's going to be before it keeps right i don't want to say layers because it's not some deep character piece but before it lets you know how over the top it's going to keep getting well and this is still very grounded in a realistic situation yeah it, and the movie's very, you know, the cops come over to investigate the robbery, and that cop's doing the coded, like, man, if that was my family, I don't know what I could, you know. The neighbor also, like, man, I wish they picked my house, you know. So I, th- I was thinking, okay, so it's going to be more of a commentary on toxic masculinity well, kind of thing. I was thing. thinking that too, yeah. Not I was... what I was hoping for, okay, but still. Right, I was kind of having that same like this guy's masculinity is now being tied into like violence. And, now this the nerdy could, office drone is going to beat up flip. people. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't really want His that because that feels that. the more obvious road kind of thing. But we don't go down that road because just no. when every time this movie I think is going down a certain way, it does this tiny little dip, and. Even little ways like uh, Michael Ironside shows up as his father-in-law. Right. And when I saw Ironside in a movie and it's an action movie, I'm expecting this guy to be something, you know. Exactly. I was like, oh, man, what are we going to get he's gonna be the, He's an old vet. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a guy that really saw the shit. And uh, instead we get Ironside who's got this great, he's like 300 pounds now. He's like 3'10". We first see Ironside kind of in a silhouette, like in an office. Yeah. Across a hallway. And I was like, 
You see like a va- just a fat guy. You but don't really see the face. Huge. He's big. He is big. Yeah. He is like Brian Doyle Murray. Huge. Michael heaving sides. And I was like, <laughs> oh no, is that Michael? Because as soon as he kind of started talking, I was like, oh no, that that's Michael. Yeah, you can tell the voice. But he's Again, cool. He's got the like kind of a cool. white mustache. Wilfred Brimley just passed. We um, need a niche, fat, white-haired, old, cool, fat guy. I'd right. love to see Michael Ironside stepping into like uh, cowboy grandpa roles on right. a three-season Netflix show I never watched. That'd be great. He was great in this movie. And he's great. In the few bits he's got. I'm expecting to be this old vet. Instead, he's kind of the... Uh, he's he's not, the father-in-law who He's the father-in-law the who's actually... Uh, you you kind of notice this movie's going to be a little bit different than what you're expecting in in better ways. They're going to take a little higher road on some of the the mm. quality. When Michael Ironside, everybody else is breaking Bob Odenkirk's balls over right. not doing more to protect his family. Right, the brother. He had, a gu- he had a gun trained on him. Nobody nobody's listening to his excuses. Well, the father-in-law actually, you expect him to be the biggest ballbuster. They didn't go down. That's they didn't true. have Michael Ironside doing a like can't believe this twerp married my daughter kind of route. That's when you kind of get the idea that, okay, this movie's writing a little bit smarter right. character. Ironside even says I'm rooting for you at one point. Yeah. He Good sees note. what this guy this guy's dragging it, you know? He likes him. But it still all is adding up to repressed, you know, day job guy who yeah. breaks out of this, you know, role. <laughs> but yeah, you you uh when he finally decides to go after the robbers, there's a great this movie's a. This movie has a great soundtrack. It does. Uh, a lot of oldies, a lot of some classic rock thrown in there. Great soul tunes. Great, but, but a great use of like. There's this scene where he kind of just leaves the house to go looking for these people because he's seen the tattoo, so he's seen all these tattoo shops. Right. Just oh, great yeah. soundtrack. I, I, to that scene. I've seen enough of the Bronson kind of movies where I love those kind of scenes where yeah, the guy notices a a wrist tattoo. On one of the robbers, and you—that's when you're like, "All right, this guy." He's they, got something to they're go. They're not on. going out there blind. Yeah, they got a plan. Um, but yeah, then you you think you're gonna get this guy in over his head as like a sure a, a dad who at this point I I just you expect because Odenkirk. I don't know if this was intentional on the role. I read he, he spent two years training to be in this movie. Wow, which you know for much of the there's time some, there's yeah. a lot of stunts going on for sure, but. I like that he didn't get, even though he's 60, he could have showed up too ripped. Uh-huh. If yeah, you yeah, show yeah. up looking too cool, uh, it kind of gives up the game a little bit. Right. Like Liam Neeson obviously is going to get the girl back and take it. <laughs> yeah. 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 You don't want to show up too buff, mm-hmm. too cool in your old age. And so he's this like super in shape guy, but he's not like cut weird buff guy in a tight polo shirt. Like... That's a weird over muscular body. But they do make a point of showing him doing like pull ups at the bus stage. But he does like dad workouts. Yeah, yeah. He goes on his jogs wearing his sweats and, you know, yeah, some bus station pull ups. And he's a drone, though. Yeah. So it shows that he's keeping up the work, but it's kind of Kevin Spacey and American Beauty level. Sure. Without any, do you like muscles? None of that. Kind of scene. We don't get any of that. He's no. just a guy who keeps himself in decent shape. This movie is all killer, no filler. That's the great thing. <laughs> and, uh, That's actually the great thing about this movie. Is there's no filler like that. No, it's a, it's a it's tight a, 90 minutes. It's a 90-minute movie. You get a, you actually get a lot of character up front. And then, man, when he goes out to find the people that stole his daughter's necklace, he finds them in short order. 
they end up being this is the first big kind of twist in for me in the movie. They end mm-hmm. up just being this young couple who's desperate for money. Yeah. And he leaves them alone when he finds out they're just like But him. he's got this like but pressure now that he needs to blow off. I loved I love that shot of him. This feels more like canon era Bronson than anything. I thought we were getting into some of that canon gritty mm. Bronson shit. When it shows him on the Definitely bus. Definitely the tattoos. You know, montage. when he's when he's on the taking the bus to go question tattoo parlors. God, that's such a Bronson thing. Mm-hmm. Taking buses all around town to oh, I love it. So With he's some got just great soul music playing in the background. Oh yeah. And so, oh, I love I love that in these movies. So right there, I was thought, oh, man, this is going to be like a revenge Bronson thriller. Mm-hmm. But I kept liking the the deeper steps into more kind of over-the-top, overblown, crazy video game action that they kept taking. And the more I watched it, it's one of those ideas, Bob Odenkirk in a action movie. After we've seen how perfect he can be leading a mm-hmm. show and showing up in great roles in unexpected things now like little women bob mm. odenkirk showing up in prestige dramas he's that respected now as an he's, actor. A, he's a total respected actor now. and yeah, this is absolutely. the kind of those movies that if i was an actor and had been doing a certain thing the absolute joy that i, I would do a garbage oh, action sure. movie something like this where you can just oh it's so good and i was trying to think who else would i even i had never thought of Ooh, bob odenkirk action movie book it i don't fantasy book movies <laughs> like that you know but i'm trying to think who else would i even want to see in this kind of role mm-hmm. that hasn't it's like i guess there'd probably be cool like james remar 90s movie that could have been made or a roy scheider 80s movie that could have been like this maybe but i'm trying to think of david cross in this role <laughs> <laughs> it's not working. every mr show guy in this part <laughs> paul f tompkins Sorry, as paul. Uh, paul nobody Oh, I love it. <laughs> Sarah Silverman getting her own. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, it's tough. She's Mrs. Nobody. It's yeah. nuts That's to watch sequel. Mr. Show Yeah, and think of any of these people doing something like so nobody. Just so un- unexpected and unpredictable. And one of these, like, man, this is such a fun role for a guy that I love to get. And then we get one of the most crazy fight scenes since old boy. Yes, exactly. Something it, it steps up to old boy level. The movie takes a sharp turn when on the way home from assaulting this young couple. Got, uh, I, I love that tattoo. The last tattoo shop he, where he gets oh, the yeah. location of the tattoo. That's where you realize that's the first time we know this guy is dangerous. Up until that point, he could still be a man over his head mm-hmm. but fueled by some snapped rage that tattoo parlor scene we get the great intro from another vet recognizing his oh, a mysterious wrist tattoo of his tattoos. own yeah and immediately doing a like <laughs> that's also the first weird that's a joke good joke the movie right that's our first joke and our first like they do the reveal that this guy is not somebody to fuck with where he's mm-hmm. surrounded by four mean-looking bikers in a tattoo parlor who immediately recognized his bullshit. And this guy immediately, ooh, uh, thank you for your service, and then kind of <laughs> gets out of there and locks like 30 locks behind a, right. a door. This, it's well, like a Mel that, Brooks comedy scene. Yeah, you expect Odenkirk to suddenly shrink and try to talk his way out of a thing, but then he basically challenges these four dudes to fuck with him. Yeah. And yeah, the one dude sees these playing cards 
tattoos on his wrist and it's which just we like, never come back to Thank by you. the way we just right. know. We don't know what that is. we all <laughs> don't we care know, we know enough we know enough we're moving past the play the seven and two yeah and the scene of the uh, the one old guy in the room just leaving and then locking nine locks behind him was such a mel brooks that's such a joke. gag such a joke in this already and then the and then everyone else was like so can i help you like <laughs> the one guy's voice nice. is up a little yeah. bit uh, so, what, so can what can i, I do? do yeah what can i do for i you? was so already like my butt was all like tightening up already yes. seeing just like oh man these this one guy has a bat these guys are all huge the, the guy has brass knucks this is going to be ugly again the one thing i know is that odenkirk gets punched <laughs> gets like punched nine up, times yeah from and, the poster. Uh, That's all I know. To go from this like, oh, geez, like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm getting nervous. Yeah. To then this comedy of a guy. He even has a sliding face like hatch that he shuts behind him. Like he has this scared look before like, shunk. Like this guy have just a safe room like in the in the corner of his uh, yeah. tattoo parlor. Who is this? And so already this, I love you might as well have just heard like a car screeching off as yeah. he drives away. The Simpsons just slam. Exactly. It's a total Simpsons gag. I don't think he's coming back. The guy locks like nine doors, including a big like shathunk. Like he's putting a bar the door behind it. What? Nothing. Like out of nowhere. This this they're hitting us with the first like potential bad violence and the first outright gags. Yeah. And I'm loving it. I love it. I'm just. Got taken along. You get him I'm into it. Getting the address of this couple, feeling bad for them. They only got a few bucks. He gets his watch back. It's a totally random thing. Yeah, yeah. They they just picked a house. They picked a rich person's house. We start as the movie goes on. We get this great look back through him telling his story mm-hmm. to different people before they die. <laughs> right. We get this great gimmick of him. Giving his backstory that we're all dying to know, even though it's always just like, I was the guy that was the special guy at right. the three letters. I was bureau. the auditor. Yeah. yeah. It's never. And then cut back to the guy listening who's already dead now. Yeah. I'm glad we don't get any. Uh, Christopher Lloyd is his father, by mm-hmm. the way. I'm glad we don't get. And the Rizza is his brother. So. Yes. We don't get into any of that. I th- right. you I th- don't need to know. I thought so I was all primed for big fat guys. I've been seeing a lot of big fat guys lately. Like I saw that movie The Little Things, which we'll do eventually, mm. and I really loved it. And everybody in the movie is like 40 pounds fatter than you've ever <laughs> seen him before. Like even Jared Leto's like 210. He mm. got a big belly and like kind of bigger arms. He plays a mechanic. Denzel's fat. Like every guy in it is just like putting on 50 like Man, I'm Damn. loving these new fat character actors. And then I see Michael Ironside show up as like a 300 pound <laughs> Put guy. Put him to shame. I was like, oh my god! Put those guys. All my to favorite shame. actors are just getting fat over COVID. And so that I'm thinking, I'm thinking we're getting a bunch of cool fat guys at Christopher Lloyd's nursing home. There's a big fat or- black orderly. Mm. I was like, oh, is the RZA like 350 <laughs> pounds? <laughs> the guy has the same like mutton chop sideburns as the RZA. That guy looks like fat RZA. And already I'm just like, oh, this is great. All these guys just getting fat even, to get character actors. Even I could have told you RZA was the guy on the on the ham radio that he's talking to. Jesus. Okay. Even I got the, that. Fr- but seeing it, I could have easily pictured the yeah. guy on the ham radio being the orderly at Christopher Lloyd's nursing home. That seems like a relationship. Well, I mean, have. after you've seen Ironsides show up, like 
Homer and Amumu. Yeah, I was just yeah. primed to see some some meat. I get that. I wanted to see some fat bods, and I was like, oh my god, fat Rizza? No, it was just other guy. Didn't happen. Riz, Riz is still tall, skinny. Riz. But yeah, after the after the robbery confrontation, we finally, finally, finally get to the meat of the movie, which oh is god. Odenkirk on a bus, and the Russian mob shows up. <laughs> totally random. It's it's such a perfect like he he even says in. Like the, the one narrative, little like narrative yeah. dialogue was like one window opens, another one closes, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Where he would never have been on this bus to fuck up with these Russian and guys. And he's still he tries without to that. let the tattoo parlor guys test him. He invites them. He's he he's a guy looking for a fight. Yeah, at this That's point he thing. wants a fight, and then it got even worse when he didn't want to kill either of the two robbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just wants to blow off steam, and then on a late night bus ride home. A bunch of drunk Russians playing their Euro disco music. We have this great mix of old soul, Pat Benatar, and Euro disco. Mm-hmm. In addition to a really great score. Any scene in this movie, you talked about the sound. Any scene where guys are sneaking, you got that really cool, like, do 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 You know, yeah, yeah. you get a cool score with Very these good blaring, like, rock and disco songs blasting over it. But these drunken guys in a Humvee crash their drunkenly crash their humvee right next to the bus mm-hmm. and bob odenkirk's like licking his lips as these oh, drunk belligerent like, entitled assholes let these guys get on try the bus, to get please. on the bus and he's just like, open the door please open the door that scene the tension in this scene from i have no idea what's going on it's the tiny uh white suited ninja on the simpsons where bob Oden- <laughs> you know he's gonna do something and you know you it's know, gonna be cool he's gonna do it it's gonna be cool and odenkirk <laughs> is just sitting at the back of the bus yep. with his like brown leather jacket and polo shirt and khakis and like normal man's work work shoes mm-hmm. and you're just oh my god and then you i even then i was not expecting the fight scene that we got this gross yeah. real consequences filled uh bad breaks well this op- this Ugh. fight scene in- it does everything yeah right it's the yeah the hero closes the door and says i'm gonna fuck you guys up drops the bullets out of the gun what a dream oh and and then beautiful but, but also takes a lot of punches <laughs> he's not like moving he through also with gets this hit uh, a lot he John gets stabbed precision he uh yeah he gets thrown out the window at one point Oof. goes back into the bus for that's when i knew we were in for something special when he goes back into the bus for round 2 we get that great oh uh, man that what intermission an epic scene as he gets up from throwing out getting thrown out the window why odenkirk is so much better in this scene than statum or any of these guys would have right. been is there's always that you know picture the rock in this scene Sure, but The Rock is 6'3", 270 pounds. He's the Michelin man. Completely jacked. Yeah, exactly. You know, Jason Statham, we've he seen him in off the pavement. 15 years of this thing. You know he's going to clear the room. You expect it. When he tells the bus driver with a smirk, like, <laughs> like don't open the door. Mm-hmm. Takes her phone so she can't call 911. You still don't know how, what, you know, Bob Odenkirk does it in this way that you still have no idea what yeah, is yeah. going to happen. You don't know if this guy's that's what take that's a what made the beating. Michael Douglas performance so perfect in Falling Down, and that's mm-hmm. what the same thing is here is that he really does embody the schlub very much in a way the the everyman the you and me, and this fight is messy. but except you know he there's is, something else going on. There. He is getting in some some gifted shots, but also getting his head 
smacked into walls. He's getting thrown through a window. He's falling hard. How much those falls into the bus seats? Mm-hmm. Those hard metro seats where he's just collapsing into them. When those great moments of these six Russians all just everybody breathing heavy. Mm-hmm. Just the great yeah, before the, somebody starts the fight up. The again. great moment where everyone's just like checking themselves. Like, I'm, are my teeth are my teeth oh, still there? No, fuck. Guy has a lot of busted out teeth. Those are some Rudy teeth. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He eventually beats the fuck out of these. This dudes. is this guy shedding his skin. You notice how his fight game keeps upping the intensity each each break. He comes in and he's taking punches and he's throwing punches and he's kicking guys as he you know. Pretty basic stuff. Eventually gets thrown through a window, comes back with the knife pulled out of his side. Right. And at a certain point, he's just stabbing throats and just like kicking guys' knees right. backwards and breaking arms over railings. And, and I oh think my God. I think there's a very important distinction, though, in this scene where it turns to fantasy. Oh, definitely. We cross where, a threshold. Because I, I think there is a thing in movie violence where... There's real violence and there's, you know, there's the real world violence that we have to deal with day in, day out. And then there's this fantasy, mm-hmm. just consequences. Yeah, you got stabbed in the side, but you're still able to, like, take out right. five dudes. One of my favorite movies the you last know, couple the, of years is Rampage. Mm-hmm. And The Rock gets shot in the abdomen, like, 40% <laughs> right. of the way through this movie. And he's just got a banded with, like, a red spot. Exactly. For the, for the next hour and a half. He right. steals two different helicopters <laughs> after he got shot just in like, the side. While his pancreas is bleeding. Yeah, yeah exactly. just shot right through the side at, at as close as we are. And right when, it, yeah, and so when the movie, you know, has this very kind of first intense home invasion scene, but then goes full fantasy in the bus scene, yeah. like, like old boy does, like, like all, like all great Schwarzenegger in any these. kind of action movies. Yeah. Then you can you can join the ride without having to like the great thing I love about this movie is there's no real like you don't have to worry about anything. No. There's no dog that dies. <laughs> there's, there's no there, baby held at gunpoint. There's very little emotional attachment. You and see we, it, you see him with a kitten in the beginning but the kitten's never in danger. Don't worry guys. There's no yeah, kitten. Yeah, there's no danger. animal danger. There's no kids in danger. The like, family he's gets the kept one that safe starts, the whole time. Yeah, the family's always safe. Yeah. Nobody's like that's what like it seemed more pure even than like any movie that would tug at your heartstrings just to get you to watch a guy shoot a hundred dudes in the face. Yeah. This is so a guy I love feeding that into aspect. this repressed and the more we learn about it, this bus scene is so I think you called it toe curling after we were walking oh, out of there. Because this it a lot of violence. Once in this he's movie hitting people in curling. the throats with pipes and stabbing like it's, guy in the it's eye a with like you clench up. Yeah, you're shifting in your seat and like, oh man. But they are not uh, gratuitous, you know. And the movie, I'm still, I was still during this scene expecting some kind of snap back to reality mm-hmm. kind of moment. Oh, totally. Like this is where they're gonna do it if it's gonna happen. Are we going down this rabbit hole? Yeah, are yeah. we gonna be just back on the bus? Nothing happened yet. And it's got that great cinematic. What a weird choice of music that, in some ways, seems obvious. There's no deep cuts. There, no, there's no like rare B sides of a popular mm-hmm. song. You know, like Tarantino playing the David Bowie Cat People song <laughs> in, uh, you know, uh, the German movie, uh, Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> Inglor- right. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, oh, it's a sick David Bowie song that nobody plays enough. This is great. Like. 
before the bus scene lead up, you get a Stephen Eadie song. Mm-hmm. I gotta be me. It's him breaking back out of his skin. It's all standards. A lot of standards. A lot of standards, yeah. I, I will say, I have a very specific um, dislike of It's a Wonderful World being used in movies, which the song does the, what a wonderful uh-huh. world. Not a fan of it? I hate, I hate that. Do you hate the song, or you just hate that it's I hate, gotten used a lot because it's a it great song? I hate it being used in movies. I yeah. love the song, yeah. but it's kind of a, it's a played out. But there's a lot of that, yeah. But then this song also does like, uh, Heartbreaker by Heart or whatever that <laughs> Pet song Benatar, is yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, is that Pet Benatar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the Stephen Eadie song is so good when the glee that that ben, Bob Odenkirk is so good at hiding mm-hmm. that he gets he is looking upon the heavens. They've looked upon him with favor that he gets to beat up six uh, tough looking dudes. Right, saves a woman. That's the that's the only Bronson element. There's a girl that was getting harassed on the bus. And she gets to, to run out. She wasn't even really getting harassed, by the way. They, if you actually watch the scene, the guys were just kind of hanging around. No one was specifically harassing that girl. Six drunk, belligerent guys finding seats all directly circling a girl on a bus well, at yeah. night. She could have got is up. Is a direct threat. She could have got up just like the other guy in the bus got up. <laughs> I But... <laughs> I my point being more like Odenkirk was gonna beat these dudes up no matter who was on the bus. This he was, was looking for an excuse. Yeah, and these guys were rude. It pays. He off. took that it rudeness pays off. personally. But then it's the classic. It's just like John Wick, where you find out the one guy in the group was the the brother of the craziest Russian motherfucker you've ever heard yeah, of. Yeah, Russian he, sociopath who's in charge of currently hiding the Orshak. That was yeah. The, I love when a movie will introduce a thing that at first you're like, does everybody else know what the what the Orshock is? They're saying this word Orshock enough that makes me think everybody but me you knows should know what, what an that Orshock is, right. is. Yeah. Well, it's all the we money. We get twenty Orshocks before an explanation of what the Orshock. It's all is. the money that all the Russian mob owns in cash that just gets transported around the world. Well, they don't keep it in banks. So they yes. just have. So they just have to take it's like it from the 401k one k for people with a stake in the Russian mafia. This is their yeah. growing investment, but they have to keep moving it from location to location. Uh, because seems, seems like something a CIA operative would have encountered before now. Well, that's why people know about the Orshak. <laughs> that's why all the, the Orshak is all the rage. <laughs> so yeah, of course that boy is a relative of the man current, the sociopath currently in charge of guarding the Orshak. Mm-hmm. So automatically, that guy says, of course this has to be about the Orshock. And that brings us to the second half of the movie, which is Odenkirk versus the Russian mob. Yeah, it, it uh, <laughs> once the veil is lifted up yeah. from the normal everyday guy and Odenkirk is revealed to be the you know, CIA auditor that he is, yeah. it basically turns into a video game at that point. Which, yeah, they not they, not complaining, but I think they really appropriately go along with the level of ridiculousness. Yeah, I think it it's really it never feels silly. Everything feels uh, like it has a weight right. to it. Uh, it you doesn't. Get, you get kind of this like John Wick underworld, but it's a little more accessible. Like at one point, Odenkirk has to go see the barber, who <laughs> yeah. gives him some info about U- uh, Uriel, the the Russian, kind of like straight out nightclub of the, the owner kind of thing. Exactly. So that's a cool little bit, but that guy really lays it out like a hitman mission. It is a hitman kind of mission. And it's 
totally cool. <laughs> totally cool. <laughs> totally and, well and done. Yeah. More movies should do this. <laughs> but yeah, it's a total just like, this is what you need to know. He's the craziest motherfucker on the planet. Yeah. You fucked with him. And so when when they then show up at his house, Odin They Kirk, show up quick. Odenkirk immediately immediately knows what's about to happen. And yeah, we get the home the the home invasion scene again, but with the tactical team. Yeah. Which was totally ripped from my story, The Phantom of the Lighthouse, <laughs> when the team infiltrated the the family's home. But whatever, I won't Anyways. I'm, I'm not whatever, pressing charges. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you get that, gr- and then you get the real action, where he's suddenly a marksman and a knife expert, and he is super comfortable around guns and pinpoint accuracy on everything. Yeah. And you're wondering how anybody got a shot in on this yeah. guy on the bus. And uh, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> how did anyone even touch this dude on the bus when all of a sudden he's like taking out three dudes, breaks his bat in half, and stabs a dude. <laughs> Like hardcore stuff. Yeah. The scene of him just in the background stabbing a guy, like you don't even notice it almost. Oh, yeah. And he's always stabbing. Wow. Yeah. He's going for throats and, like, you know, in the shoulder muscle, like all that kind of stuff. Tearing, tearing one guy up with a shotgun while, yeah, just this expert, uh, you know, fifth instinct kind of killer, totally. all, every, knowing every direction they're coming from. Every scene of the movie, once his violence is unleashed, he keeps getting more and more powerful. It's insane. He's leveling up throughout the last 40 minutes. Well, then the like, he like gets his confidence back, too. So eventually, he just shows up the dude's <coughs> like nightclub, it's like eating a steak, just like, come and get it. Like He, is, Dude, he almost yeah. becomes such a like, yeah, what are you going to do? I'm here. Ah, just, just like just cutting into a, a, a juicy, tr- juicy steak at the oh, Russians I'm, club. I'm here for this show. Another like good, but quip. it keeps this level of scrapes and realness to it. Even when he finally gets tased and only kills, you know, 17 of the 20 people right. that broke into his home. Gets, After he- gets tased, wakes up in the trunk, finds a fire extinguisher, and then crashes the car by fire extinguishing everyone in the I car. I swear, Odenkirk broke his Good hand shit. like five times in this movie. Oh, I well, that's the- what I mean. It's fantasy at this him, point. Him just putting his watch band around his hand like, yep, I'm just holding my fingers in here together, and then he's back to punching you people. You don't get stabbed with a knife in the side of your body <laughs> and then just like continue on with your just knife. Just jog home. No. I love him coming in with the knife, cutting off a seatbelt of the bus to wrap around his fist <laughs> while everybody else is like having to get back yeah. up to their feet no oh, the escalation is so crazy and, and well and what the the great part is while i was disappointed that ironside didn't get more action yeah. christopher lloyd as <laughs> odenkirk's dad odenkirk basically goes you know that thing i had to take care of has been escalated and then christopher lloyd gets in on the action 80 something year old christopher lloyd I loved that shot Christ- shotgun is his preferred oh, weapon. Man. This dude is a shotgun expert. Well, so earlier we established when he, uh, with a shotgun. you know, Beautiful. he was getting dumped on by everybody, and he goes and sees his dad, and they have one of those, you know, kind of Nebraska style relationships right. where Christopher Lloyd's just watching old westerns all day, and uh, Odenkirk makes him microwave meals. That you know, just this boring like. Got to go see my dad out of obligation. Mm-hmm. The dad's dropping hints of, uh, you know, you, I remember who you used to be. Right. Uh, you don't look okay. Stuff. Yeah. 
And then, uh, yeah, once Odin, once the uh, Odenkirk comes back, he takes his dad's old FBI badge. That's what really starts getting him a ticket into these seedy under, these seedier parts of Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the real gutter of Winnipeg, the downstairs tattoo parlors, you know, of Winnipeg. Skid Row. Yeah, real rough parts yeah. of Canada, and I. So that's his entry. So we know if Lloyd's connected, but that Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd, early 80s, gets to be like an action hero. Just a guy going through pumping shotguns into endless bodies. Like blasting dudes into walls. Yes. From his recliner. <laughs> what Fucking a great hell. scene. That scene, he, these two guys come up on him like they're going to intimidate dad. Yeah, he gives the warrant because once they find out his identity, we start getting these right. great scenes of escalation where people recognize Bob Odenkirk and it's like a, Shit. Well, they know like, his dad. This a, guy, you know, nursing like, home, and they, they you know start where getting he a lives. sense of his rep that it's not just a oh he was involved right. with tough guys with his tattoo. Then it's a seeing his face and picture and being like shit. Oh, now there's we gotta a roll into this guy. There's a great scene with my man J.P. Manu as the <laughs> FBI <laughs> Pentagon agent. <laughs> Hold on, are you not familiar <laughs> no, with J.P. Manu? This is, a fa- this is not a your guy. J.P. Manu. This is a name you just found out about. As Pentagon Darren, who JP looks up, who has to go into the bowels Pentagon of the Pentagon. Darren? Oh, <laughs> that guy, I know that guy. Yeah, he has to go into the Pentagon bowels to look up the blacked out folder. You know the name, J.P. Manu. I am confident you had never heard that of That is a name, name you knew from the Disney Channel growing up, if you knew anything. Really? Was he a Disney guy? I he feel he like, makes funny faces. I feel he has like funny it. eyes and like funny mouth moves. So I could see him, but I, you and it's I are name. from different worlds. It's a name. We're two years apart. You grew up on totally different. I know. Uh, what can I say? No, but I've seen him and stuff. We talked about Ironside showing up on Community. This guy was in several episodes of Community. Yeah, he, he, he was, was in on Veep as one of the yeah, yeah, congressional yeah. aides. He was on ER. He's just a guy that's been on sure. Everything. So a guy, yeah, but... But he's the Pentagon guy who's like looks up the blacked out file and is like, I don't know what to tell you, man. This dude is... Yeah, this guy access is... Access denied. I've never seen anything like this. And the the girl hacker for the Russians is immediately like, I'm good. I don't need to work on right. this. You you got, you can good have luck. this gig. Good luck yeah, with yeah. him. This guy... I love that. Knowing that Bob Odenkirk gets to play the guy with the reputation. That's the fantasy, isn't it? You know, it's the kind of cool thing. I mentioned Drive earlier. How great was it when Albert Brooks shows up in Drive? Mm. You don't sure. expect Albert Brooks to be the villain. You, you never got to see an Albert Brooks <laughs> Jewish gangster character. You know, uh, William Hurt in the one, the Cronenberg one with Viggo Mortensen. Oh sure, yeah, it's the yeah, it's the William boss Hurt there. as the mob boss. Not a role you go when you see William Hurt in the movie, you don't think. And so I love when they cast a guy that you don't think. Well, I also love like same with John Wick, where it's like dudes are known in this underworld. Yeah, like I, lo- I love it- I love how like gossip and word spreads in the underworld. So eventually, Uriel, the the Russian guy, knows that he's dealing with a major issue yeah. with this dude this, this isn't real this isn't just somebody this, <laughs> this is nobody, is nobody. <laughs> and yeah so he sends everybody after Jonathan him nobody we get several scenes of nobody just and that's not his name but we get several scenes of Odenkirk just kicking the he's shit out of he's got a good name though Hutch Mansell Hutch Mansell Hutch. I, I like Hutch yeah, yeah Hutch is a cool guy name I'm, not, I'm into it well 
one of the best scenes in the movie was when he goes back. He breaks out of his, uh, he gets dumped in a trunk. Mm-hmm. He breaks his own hand again to get out of these cuffs. Oh, yeah. We go through a lot of kind of like, who's that director that does Bone Tomahawk and Dragged Across Concrete and all those Z brutal, someone, brutal yeah. violent movies that I love. Yeah. We go to that kind of level of bone-breaking violence. Oh, and he the, gets the sound design in this movie. The slashing, the knife slashing and stabbing. The sticking, the squishing. The, the yeah, the clanking. The pipe hitting a skull kind of sounds. Yeah. All of that was so good. So good. It, it was really great. Yeah. The kind of... <laughs> You, you, need to, you need to hear it in the theater. The in sound Dolby design surround. on a guy getting like a, a tracheotomy in Dolby surround the, is yeah, the glorious. Sound, the sound of Odenkirk stabbing a dude in the thigh and then slashing him up, Ooh, up and down the a lot ribs. Of slashing in this movie. People oh. get their face cut up with broken wine glasses. Oh, and man. It's rough. And Dudes are not fucking around. When Odenkirk goes back home and he, he gets his family out of his. Uh, Military locked basement. That's <laughs> yeah. our real first. Like, oh, this guy's playing for some weird uh, doomsday stuff. He's got some. Yeah, he's got some plans. And when he walks his family back through the shit, and they see a couple guys still breathing, and their whole house is ruined with blood mm. splatter at this point and bullet holes. Yeah. And when he gets his family out of there and tell you know they kind of finally realize, oh man, this. My dad's actually a, a cool Thumbs guy. Thumbs up. My dad murdered eleven men when I and all I heard was thumping and yelling. <laughs> Imagine how crazy that sounded in the basement for the family. Right. If your dad is closing you into the basement and you hear twenty minutes of like thump 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 thump. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, what is the conversations down there? Right. Like, right. oh and, my gosh. Yeah. And the dad's like, "All right, we gotta go." <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody out. Uh, here's what happened. And Time since you've been locked in the basement. But when, oh, there's going to be really nerdy podcasts that go into detail about what could have been in Bob Odenkirk's great record collection. He has this really beautiful mm. wall of records as he pours himself a bourbon, and he's talking to the barely living members of yeah, yeah. the strike team, the the 20 that he hasn't murdered. You know, like, these are the final four. Mm-hmm. And that's when you get these details of his career as an auditor, the last guy the three letter agencies want you to see and then the story of him letting a man go cuz he, belie- he everybody begs for their life but this guy he's a people person he recognizes voices he re- you know he picks up on these details mm-hmm. we went through that when we saw him looking at the gun seeing it was empty recognizing how scared they were how desperate the robbers were he pi- they you know let us know that this guy is a details oriented guy and the great story that oh I don't only Bob Odenkirk can tell. This is why he's such a perfect fit outside of the glee of seeing Bob Odenkirk fight people. Mm-hmm. You get him talking about how he let a guy go, the one guy he let go, one guy he didn't just usually he tells me shoots him in the back of the head before the waterworks start, and he checks up on him, fully expecting that the guy went back to his uh, skimming money from the FBI and he'd have to kill him anyway. And then he sees the guy living the most simple domestic life. Yeah. Married a woman that already had two kids, works a nine to five, and he's loving it. He's just working the most boring life in existence. And Bob Odenkirk is pissed that this guy's living this. He's jealous. He's jealous of this yeah. suburban droll life. And I like that. I like that. You know, John Wick wasn't like, I just wanted to do some gardening. 
Right. I well, just want. Yeah. He's if, living in his cool bachelor dude mansion. If there's on, a like, the coast. Yeah. If there's a message in the movie anywhere, it's that yeah, the way that maybe we simpletons are jealous of a man who can seemingly kill anyone at will. Yeah. He's jealous of the simple married the life. The non-notoriety. The grass yeah. is always greener, guys. Yeah. That that's really the the message of the movie is <laughs> If you're not thankful for what you have, you're going to burn your own fucking house down. Yeah. That's really what's going to happen. To 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit if, if you to can't, burn bone and ash. Yeah, if you're not going to just, uh, yeah, if you can't handle the life you're living There's, and, and find <laughs> happiness within what you're doing, you're going to burn your house down. Yeah, it's going to happen. We've all thought about burning our homes down. And that's literally <laughs> what ends up happening here. Yeah. There's, there's a Bill Murray quote that I really love where he just says, you know, if you can be famous or rich and famous, just take rich. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the man who has so many different fun encounter stories of guys that have seen Bill Murray. Bill Murray's sick of being seen some days. Right. Steve Martin, I read, used to have this business card where the second somebody would, like, recognize him on the street, he would give him this business card that said, like, you know, this is certified proof that you have met and had some length of conversation with one Steve Martin. And every time they would look up from the card and Martin's, you know, 30 feet down leaving. the block. Yeah, yeah. It's just That's a, great. here you go. You get something. This will make a great story for your friends. This is a cool card that only people that meet Steve Martin get. And I'm going back about my day. Exactly. You know, but to just be rich. To just be able to do what you want and not be recognized. Well, even people in the, want fame, but even, people even with the, fame. Uh. Even in the scene where he confronts the young couple who robbed him, they're like a happy little couple. Yeah, you know who are enjoying dinner together. With and, and, and the scene where yeah, where he's now talking about je- being jealous of the guy with kids and everything. He he realizes he's had to put on this facade because that's not who he is. Yeah, inside. he wanted to be. The family man. And I like that whole aspect of like, like, yeah, we, we can sit here and play video games like Hitman and pretend <laughs> to be someone else. And if that person exists, they just want to be, like I said, the grass is always greener is mm-hmm. a very like powerful message. Yeah, it resonates. This. And, uh, but then also the, the dudes that he's telling that story to are dead before he's done telling it. <laughs> yeah. And then he sets the house on fire. And then he burns the entire obelisk or whatever the money <laughs> the gro- group is called. The Horshack. Uh, and then... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Cotter. Yeah. He burns that whole yeah. thing down. Gabe Kaplan, the boss, it's... Goes up in flames, and then and then in the you know and then finally they have our big shootout and where him and his dad are like I really miss this shit. Yeah, right. It does. So they do. They they come home. They at the keep end there. going through every ridiculous level until it's just Bob Odenkirk tossing a pistol to the RZA, <laughs> and the RZA yeah. catches it in the exact perfect uh, position to shoot the like. So once good. they're doing that stuff, it's like. It goes full comic book Once movie. the RZA and- shows up with a sniper rifle and shoots three <laughs> dudes in the head like Indiana Jones style. Yeah. It was pure badass. Pure gold. It was so Shoot him up. He makes these great really violent Home Alone props, like oh, nail yeah. bombs, like old IRA shit. You know, really Shrapnel violent shit. stuff. Him walking into uh, Yulian's club. With a, a mortar, you know, face face <laughs> yeah. towards enemy uh, mortar with a finger pull. The scene with Bob Odenkirk parting 
a huge sea of bodyguards walking. Oh, so badass. I love it. Again, I am a man who loves actors. You're a man who loves actors. I can't think of another actor right now. After seeing Bob Odenkirk, it's like, this was his part. This is the perfect movie. Like, anybody else could have been cast, but oh, the thing that made someone cast Bob Odenkirk. This was the step that Steve Carell would not be able to take. Couldn't do it. Maybe. Couldn't do it. I don't know. Could Bob Odenkirk do Dan in real life? We don't know because nobody will see it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Bob, yeah. But, but yeah, this is Bob Odenkirk's movie. The, he's about really? to become the Liam Neeson of action. Like I, I could, could see this it. spawning the How whole, a whole genre. Be? It could be a, it could be a huge vehicle for him. Jason Statham he's didn't just amazing. start getting action roles one day. You know, he built up and had a look and had a rep. Nobody else looks and acts like Bob Odenkirk. Mm-hmm. He's been such an asset to entertainment, TV, and now movies for the last decade. I showed you that thing recently, the Tim and Eric... Uh, yeah, what was that called? We should tell people to it's go look part this of, up. Uh, so Tim and Eric did a series called Tim and Eric's Bedtime Stories, mm-hmm. which are a little more uh, supernatural or horror-based, a little more menacing and threatening than their usual sense of playful threatening. Right. <laughs> uh, and Bob Odenkirk was in one where he's a toe doctor who removes people's toes when they don't need them. This exists in a universe exactly like ours where people just get sick of their yucky toes. Sure. Who's the one actor? As also- you would with like veneers on your teeth or something. Yeah. yeah. Like Jillian, Jillian Welch. Jacobs. Jacobs from, uh, from Community. Yeah. I don't like, I just don't want my toes anymore. I don't like looking at my toes. Right. And then he's just the Starts guy- as a comedy, but then- it it's just very gets dark, this dark, sinister vibe. And M. Emmett Walsh plays a detective hot on Odenkirk's trail. Look up on it's got to be online. It's uh, it's probably called Toes. But probably. Bob Odenkirk. It was from a few years ago doing a Tim and Eric bedtime stories. This guy has such cool dark range, but he's such a good looking, conventionally nice guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a good looking. He looks really great for sixty. Obviously, he got into good shape to do a movie like this but it never looks like he's out of his league doing these stunts it never looked ridiculous and mapped out and planned the way some other genuinely good actors would look doing the same kind of action scenes as much as i love cutthroat island matthew modine isn't a very great action (laughs) sequence actor not bob odenkirk is a great actor within action scenes i think everybody's going to come out if this is bob odenkirk's movie Christopher Lloyd is such a beloved American actor. Those one of those guys who the second he dies, and he's in his early eighties, so we've already gotten more Christopher Lloyd than we're gonna get. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that everybody's once he's dead, everybody's gonna reveal their different years of Christopher Lloyd memories because he's been in amazing stuff for forty years. You know, Back to the Future, one of the biggest genre movies. Who Framed Roger the Rabbit, one of the greatest genre movie villains ever. One of the most unique, crazy... I saw that movie when I was eight. I remember seeing that in the theater. Oh, my God. That was a very early memory for me, yeah. And Christopher Lloyd is just so scary and captivating in that. And then Jim Ignatowski, one of TV's most legendary characters on Taxi. This guy's found one of the biggest roles, Uncle Fester in the Adams Family. Mm. Couldn't have been more perfect. So good. 
every decade. He's one of those guys that we love that keeps finding these iconic roles. And now he, here he is in the 2020s. <laughs> 2020s. And he's shotgunning what, men into walls. Truly a great turn just to see him smiling. And like I said, the dude is still sharp. He's still got that same look. When he, but before he timing. shotguns a man for the first time in the movie, he, I swear, looks right into the camera. And like like everybody watching the movie, he knows is going to be go. excited to see Christopher Lloyd do cool shit. He does that same Uncle Fester like mm. kind of grin and a, that wide eye of his before shotgunning a man in the stomach. And he's carried around this heavy ass shotgun through the Several last twenty minutes of the movie, just double shotgun. I feel like he's got like four shotguns like strung he's across different across shoulders. Him. Yeah. It's like if you're Beautiful. playing a Resident Evil game and you're like, dude, 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 play as Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> he only this. does shotguns. Yeah. That is this. Who was expected to see a shotgun action Christopher Lloyd performance? Thank you, cinema. I didn't see it coming. That's the kind of thing that makes movies worth going back to. You know, Chaos Walking, sure. I wish I can get... <laughs> Our first guest is going to be somebody who can talk about Chaos Walking. With a straight Just to tell face. us what happened after the twenty minute mark, yeah. I what's I came away with such negative, hateful things to say about this movie that nobody I know is gonna want to touch this movie. But somebody's gotta fall on the grenade. Somebody's gotta see the rest of Chaos Walking and tell me All how right. right or wrong I was. I'll do it. I'll do it. Will you? No, I don't know. No, <laughs> no, do that. If I see it for free someday. <laughs> Man, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. This movie kept being, But I'll see this movie again. I'm going to see nobody in the theater again. If this comes to 3rd Street, I'm going to see it once a week, every week it is at 3rd Street. If it plays out for a month there, looks like I'm seeing nobody four more times at 3rd Street. Yeah. I want that old 3rd Street smell, and I want to be smiling until my, my face hurts throughout this whole movie, which I have done, and I want to do again. Yeah. It's great. I don't know what a movie is going to have to do to make me like it more than nobody. This is the perfect movie for back to cinema. Could not have come. They wanted it to I be. I can't agree more. They wanted yeah. it to be Kong versus Godzilla. It's not going to be. Not going to be. Nobody, Nobody is the movie exactly. to go back to movies for. While all your friends are seeing Kong and Godzilla duke it out. Go check out Nobody. If go you get it. invited. There's, there's no box that this thing doesn't check. Yeah. It's got knife fights, gun fights, car chases. Old men with guns. <laughs> Younger Rizzo men with guns. with guns. A lot of Russians. A lot of Russians getting the you shit like, kicked out of them. You like Euro Disco? I like guys getting <laughs> beat the, sh- the shit beat out of them with Euro Several Disco Several karaoke Euro Disco scenes. And they're really good. For you to watch. It's all really great. 100%. It's a beautiful looking movie. It is well done. The action is mapped out really nice. Mm-hmm. We get such complicated sets of action. A lot of, lot of killing. A lot of killing. A lot of killing. killing. And it's great. I love that they lean into every ridiculous urge. This could have been an actual serious movie. It looks like it's going. I kept waiting for, again, the dog to die or some trauma to be inflicted. Yeah, it could have been there. And it could have been really good. But I'm glad we got the take that we got. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we got the playfulness to go along with... Uh, the throat smashings. Right. The, the eyeball stabbings. No, nobody you care about is ever in danger. It's just a bunch <laughs> yeah. of stuntmen getting the shit kicked out of them and then getting shot in the head. Yeah. And I, 
I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I, I will be back I for it. I commend everyone involved. Thank you. Uh, it was so nice to get away from the real world and to watch Bob Odenkirk smash dudes for 50 minutes. I can see nobody becoming my new religion outside of <laughs> coming out of COVID. Getting my, getting my second vax in a week. Once this hits the bargain cinemas. Best, best part about no, uh, also great though. They really set up a sequel. <laughs> they really want you to think a sequel is going to be happening at yeah. the end. They really go out of the way in some a few unnecessary scenes right at the end to be like, "There's more to come, folks." <laughs> could have maybe could have done without the Scooby Doo van at the end. There. Enjoy Hutch in the upcoming. Yeah, yeah. Hutch will Enjoy return. Hutch Mansell in. Yeah, they do kind of go Buster Crab on us at the, uh, at the end. We kind of get the sense. How could they not, though? How could we say they uh, didn't earn it? I'm here. The I, nobody verse is going to be great. I loved John Wick. I loved John Wick 2. I happily went to Third Street for John Wick 3. It's not as good as John Wick 1. It's given me now like six hours of pure movie theater entertainment. I'm going to be seeing the not nearly as good nobody 3. Mm, nobody's right. nobody parabellum yeah i'm seeing it i know i'm gonna see it i am gonna support nobody through its entire theatrical run i'm gonna be thanking movie theaters for coming back and gifting me this movie not gifting me this could have been me seeing the turning this sure. could, i'm nobody saved me from and you the listener from listening to an episode on the unholy mm-hmm. that's what <laughs> Because no matter we're not going to do that to you. No matter what movie was out, now that more and more movie theaters are opening and, and we're getting vaxxed, I was going to be pushing Charlie like, no, we're going to the movie. we got to <laughs> we got to do a new movie. We're seeing a new flick. We got to do a new episode. If nobody wasn't here, it was going to be the unholy. It was going to be something. It would have been Godzilla Kong. It would have been something like I'm that. I'm so glad knowing that that nobody was. <laughs> I was going to force you back. Thank I've, you, nobody. I've been dying. Thank I've been you, dying nobody. to go see a movie. With you. <laughs> It came to this, go see nobody. Absolutely. Even if you didn't heed our warning and just got everything about it spoiling, the execution on screen is way better than anything we could have said about it. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine there's anybody rooting against Bob Odenkirk in life. I'm calling it Bob Odenkirk uncancelable. <laughs> this is dangerous now in 2021. You're, you're drawing a line. Bob Odenkirk has been around long enough now. First Emmy for Silent Live in the late 80s. Something would be known about Bob Odenkirk. He's worked and produced enough people, meaning he's had his hands in enough young talents sure. projects. One of the young talents by now would have said, I didn't get great vibes yeah. from Bob Odenkirk. No. Yep, yep. He's 60. He's uncanceled. Nobody's been creeped out by Bob. I'm going to do nothing but support his entire career. Bob, we love As you. I've been doing since the mid-90s. Yeah. I love it. Keep it up. Melvin goes to dinner. Our next, uh, we're getting into that 2000s Odin Kirk in the next hundred episodes of our show. Let's do it. Go see it. See it while it's in the theaters. Please. You're going to love it in any setting. This is a movie meant to be seen now that we're back to the theaters. We're back, baby. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. It's come to this. Good night. <laughs>